It's the longest day of the year, June 21st, 2010. And this is QuackCast number, eh, I don't know what number it is. Let's say for hoots and giggles, it's number 46. My numbering got screwed up by Rapid Weaver, and I'm probably never going to find the time to fix it. Maybe I will, but I always forget. Anyway, I'm going to call this QuackCast number 46. It's entitled Medical Voices and the Mumps. This is an audio version of my science-based medicine entry on the same topic, so you can get the references from science-based medicine, the June 4th, 2010 entry. I do this podcast with a great deal of trepidation. The last time I perused the Medical Voices website, I found nine questions that needed answering, so I answered them. One of the consequences of that blog entry was the promise that Medical Voices was poised to, quote, tear my arguments to shreds, unquote. Tear them to shreds, such a painful metaphor. They specified that the shred tearing would be accomplished during a live debate rather than a written response. While Dr. Gorski has given excellent reasons why such a debate is counterproductive, I am disinclined to debate for more practical reasons. I am a slow thinker and a lousy debater, and have never, ever won a debate at home. If I cannot win pitted against my wife or children, what chance would I have against the combined might of the doctors and scientists at Medical Voices? My fragile psyche could not withstand the onslaught. Still, there is much iron pyrite to be mined at Medical Voices, and it may provide me for at least a year's worth of entries. So forgive me if I seem nervous or distracted as I do this podcast. I have a sword of Damocles hanging over my head, and it may fall at any time. My podcast may, without warning, be torn to pieces by the razor-sharp illogical sword of medical voices. Or maybe not. It is my understanding that medical voices will only answer with a debate, and since I am not a debater, I am safe from total ego destruction. This month, as I perused medical voices, I found it difficult to choose an article. With so much opportunity and so little time to podcast, I finally decided upon Why the New Mumps Outbreak Put You at Risk by Robert J. Rowan, M.D. Mumps is a timely topic, as, along with measles, it has returned thanks to the work, in part, of Dr. Wakefield. His fabrication of data to falsely suggest MMR causes autism has led to a decrease in MMR use. In some areas of England, 15% of children are not vaccinated, levels that allow the virus to perpetuate in the community. The second M in the MMR stands for mumps. I stand for a chicken in every pot. While the measles outbreak is beginning all the press, England has been plagued with mumps as well, with over 3,000 reported cases. Dr. Wakefield can be credited with at least 5,000, mumps plus measles, sick children. I wonder how he can look at himself in the mirror. Perhaps he's a vampire, because vampires don't see their own reflection.
Anyway, last year, an 11-year-old child visited England. He was not vaccinated for religious reasons, and in addition to returning with wonderful memories of his trip overseas, he brought home moths, or the moths. As a result, there have been over 1,500 cases in New York and New Jersey as a result. Most of the disease has circulated in the unvaccinated religious community, but there have been cases in adjacent communities as well. Most of the cases of mumps, or is it the mumps, in the non-religious have been in individuals who have received the MMR, although the cases in the community have been isolated, while the disease has persisted more widespread in the unvaccinated religious community. This is being touted by the doctors at Medical Voices as a failure of the MMR and an indictment of vaccination in general. What you should have instead, he says, is the real disease. Get real immunity and never worry about mumps again or the mumps. And that is the argument of Dr. Rowan. Men should be real men. Women should be real women. Small furry beasts from Alpha Centauri should be real small furry beasts from Alpha Centauri. And damn it, they should all get the mumps. Does real infection give better immunity? Maybe. What happened in olden times is kids would get the mumps, or mumps, and develop antibodies to the infection. Then, since mumps was constantly circulating, they would be intermittently re-exposed to the virus and their immune system would get a nudge and produce more antibodies. Constant exposure to disease kept the antibody levels high. Natural infections may, with some infections, lead to higher antibody levels and a more sustained response. However, the cost is increased morbidity and occasional mortality. Everything in medicine is a trade-off. Contrast that with today. Your only exposure to mumps is from the vaccine. Since you are not constantly re-exposed, your immune system has no reason to make antibody and your antibodies drift down over time. This is happening with chickenpox. Shingles is increasing in incidence in the elderly since people are no longer getting naturally boosted from re-exposure to chickenpox. Their antibodies wane over time and subsequently the chance of shingles go up. Hence the need for the zoster vaccine booster, the Cialis for chickenpox, to be given in the elderly. The recommendation to help abort the mumps outbreak is another dose of the MMR vaccine. And the brisk response that many kids have had to the vaccine suggests they have an amnestic response, i.e. they have memory cells that recognize the mumps and respond rapidly to the vaccine antigens. I think of the vaccine as a four-foot wall to keep out zombies. I just finished David Wellington's zombie trilogy, so I have zombies on the mind. Zombie Island, Zombie Nation, and Zombie Planet. They are quite an entertaining read. Anyway, zombies. Four-foot wall. Maybe the odd zombie will jump the wall, but unlikely. Zombies are not typically coordinated enough. Getting the disease instead of the vaccine is like building an eight-foot wall. It, too, keeps out the zombies, but during the construction, a few will fall off the wall into the mouths of the waiting zombie hordes. Mumps is not without its complications. Orchitis, inflammation of the testicles, and encephalitis, 
inflammation of the brain being the most feared. And we all know the intimate connection of those two organs in men. So, with that as background, what does Robert J. Rowan say about the mumps? Quote, Did you have mumps when you were a child? If so, it's one of the best ways to avoid mumps now that you're older. If you didn't have the mumps, you could be at serious risk for contracting the childhood disease, even if you've had the vaccine. As you may know, I've decried vaccines for decades. Why? They're toxic. They inject poisonous additives into you. They deny children their needed usual infections to develop robust immune system. And now there's a third reason. Vaccines may not last a lifetime. And if they don't, you could contract the disease as an adult. Think that won't happen? Think again. End quote. The toxin gambit has been covered at length at science-based medicine. However, the immune system does not need, quote, usual, unquote, infections to build a robust immune response or a robust immune system. As I had mentioned in the past, the immune system is not like a bicep that gets bigger and stronger as you use it. There are over 1,300 common pathogens that can infect us and uncountable non-pathogens we can be exposed to. We get enough infections in life that vaccine-preventable illnesses are a drop in the infectious bucket and can be avoided with no detriment whatsoever to the immune system. I have to admit, as an infectious disease specialist who only gets paid to take care of infections, that I do like a doctor who seems to be in favor of children getting mumps, measles, influenza, tetanus, pneumococcus, hemophilus, hepatitis B, rubella, hepatitis A, polio, diphtheria, pertussis, and meningococcus. They get infected. I make a living. Nobody, at least nobody who has ever read the medical literature, suggests that the mumps vaccine is perfect or that efficacy lasts forever. Quote, the effectiveness of mumps component of the MMR vaccine is lower than that of measles and rubella. Estimates of the effectiveness of the mumps vaccine have varied in previous studies, ranging from 73% to 91% after one dose and from 79% to 95% after two doses. End quote. It is well known that antibody levels decline slowly over time and that patients will have a brisk response in their antibodies if they get a booster dose. Natural infection may give a longer-lived antibody response, but not without the complications from the diseases. Is Dr. Rowland having ignorance of the data or willful misrepresentation of the data? I hope for the former. I despair about the latter. Quote, Last week, at least 1,521 people in New York and New Jersey developed mumps. About 85% of the victims had the usual two doses of the MMR vaccine. What have they gotten for it? So far, 55 cases of swollen and painful testicles, 5 cases of pancreatitis, 2 cases of meningitis, 1 case of temporary deafness, 1 case of Bell's palsy, and one case of inflamed ovaries, end quote. And that is what you get from natural mumps? Ouch! There is a trade-off. Vaccines prevent the disease with no morbidity or mortality, 
but immunity fades, and if herd immunity is not maintained, key concept, diseases are spread. He continues, quote, Mumps is a relatively benign disease in kids. It is far more problematic in adults. One fear is damaged testicles leading to sterility, which is probably an overblown risk. Please note there are 55 cases above. And something most men over 65 don't worry about too much. Yeah, like I want to get kicked in the nuts at age 65. The other other complications mentioned above were also well known. End quote. According to the CDC, quote, the median age of patients is 15 years, age 3 months to 90, and similar in all areas with ongoing transmission except New Jersey, where the median age is 17. I don't know. Sounds like kids to me. What is the risk of mumps? Quote, orchitis is the most common complication of mumps in postpubertal men, affecting about 20 to 30 percent of cases. 10 to 30% are bilateral. Orchitis usually occurs one to two weeks after peritidis, which is swollen of your salivary glands. Of affected testicles, 30 to 50% show a degree of testicular atrophy, end quote. Now, there's no problem in the world that probably isn't due to either excess alcohol or excess testosterone, but I don't think that giving kids the mumps is necessarily the correct solution. And he fails to mention encephalitis. This is the horrible complication of mumps. It is rare but awful to have a child brain damage from preventable illness. And the vaccine has eradicated mumps encephalitis. For example, in Finland, they found, quote, and I should do this with a Finnish accent, but I just make a fool of myself as if I'm not already. The incidence of encephalitis was 8.3 per 100,000 child years. The organisms most associated with encephalitis in children were mumps, measles, and varicella viruses and mycoplasm pneumoniae. That was in 1974. After the start of the nationwide measles, peritidis, mumps, and rubella vaccination program in 1982 in Finland, encephalitides associated with these viruses seem to have totally vanished, end quote. Totally vanished. No brain-damaged kids from mumps or measles. If the low vaccination rates become the norm, we may well see mumps encephalitis again. However, I bet some anti-vaxxers will say that the brain damage was not from infection, but it was from shaking the child. Quote, of course, the pundit's reaction is to recommend a third vaccine. This will raise the risk of immune reactions, and it will fill you with toxic substances, end quote. Half a cc of vaccine will fill you with toxins? Yet another person I do not want to be my bartender. I would order a pint and get a drop of ale and be told that the glass was full to the rim. He continues, quote, But why would you want a third vaccine? Vaccines may not give lifelong immunity, as does the wild virus. Furthermore, lifelong immunity might be fostered by repeated exposure to wild-type virus circulating every few years and giving your immune system a memory boost. With the wild virus largely removed, large swaths of the population might lose immunity over time 
and when we expose, develop disease, or at least become spreading carriers, end quote. Now, I would get, if I was involved in a mumps outbreak, the third dose of the vaccine to avoid mumps and all its complications. Medical Voices is evidently advocating the return to the 1800s when everybody got the mumps, a few died, and a few had permanent severe neurologic complications, compared to today when we have a well-vaccinated populations where no one gets mumps or its complications. Odd advice. Of course, he fails to mention that when vaccine rates were high, mumps was almost non-existent. I have seen one case of the mumps in 25 years of practice, and it was an adult last year. The solution to mumps is not to let it circulate freely in human population. The solution is to go all smallpox on its ass and eradicate it with vaccinations. Please note, it is not the vaccinated who are spreading carriers in the current outbreak. It is the unvaccinated population. He continues, quote, If you or a loved one does get mumps, measles, or even chickenpox, I recommend an immediate ozone treatment, ultraviolet blood radiation therapy, or a high-dose vitamin C IV. It sure worked for the few cases of mumps I saw in Alaska. End quote. Say what? Now, I have never heard of the first two interventions. What is blood irradiation therapy? Take six ounces of blood, irradiate it with ultraviolet light, and re-inject it into the patient. Infections will go away in hours to minutes. In the pre-antibiotic era, it was 50% effective in comatose patients, those about to die, and 98 to 100% effective in less severe infections. And it was equally effective for viruses, bacteria, and even tuberculosis. Ozone therapy is the slow infusion of hydrogen peroxide with similar benefits to blood irradiation and no side effects in thousands of patients treated with this modality in the 1940s. Now, I'm not making that up. This is what Robert J. Rowan says about these therapies on the YouTube, and he provides them. He also says that the therapy works in part by killing the bacteria or virus in the blood and then re-injecting it into the body where the immune system will have a much more brisk response to the dead bacteria. He calls it an auto-vaccine. Really? This is the man who has decried vaccines for decades. I guess it depends on what the meaning of is is and what the meaning of vaccines is. Quote, I've said before, Please know where your closest oxidative physician is and avoid him like a plague. If you are exposed to a childhood disease and become symptomatic, oxidation or high-dose vitamin C could bring a quick resolution without complications. I am against vaccination, except for auto-vaccination. I would much rather treat an acute infection than the awful complications of vaccines. This includes the flu vaccine. End quote. So, treat self-limited diseases with rare complications and you will always have good results. All the complications mentioned in this podcast are from mumps, not the vaccine. Yet he concludes that it is the vaccines that have side effects and should be avoided 
And you should embrace natural mumps or influenza or other vaccine-prevented illnesses and risk all the complications of those diseases. This is yet another bizarro world essay from Medical Voices. Man, am I ever going to be torn to shreds on this one? Maybe next time I will write on a safer topic. Yes, and that ends QuackCast 46, Medical Voices and the Months. This is brought to you by nobody. I'm doing nothing for no one. But as always, visit my growing medical media empire at moremark.squarespace.com where you can find my various and sundry blogs and podcasts. I guess they're mostly various and I don't have any sundry. As always, I grovel. Go to iTunes. Write me a glowing review. Feed my ravenous yet somehow fragile ego. Thank you, and I'll see you next time for the QuackCast.